What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Infinite Playlist podcast. Here are, as you probably expected, your hosts, Paco and Jess. And this is our 40th episode. Yeah, 40th. We should have gotten Jun Mayer and Taylor Swift to reconnect in this podcast. That would have been interesting. No, I don't think they dislike each other. Like oh. I believe they already dissed each other in their respective um, heartbreak songs. Yeah, they got it all out, and now we can all be friends again. Yeah, I mean, she's she's um, she's in his thirties, he's in his forties. I believe they're mature enough to yeah, talk, for sure. talk it out. Not sure if they would want to come on our podcast. <laughs> Why not? Maybe, maybe they would. I don't know. I mean, it's not that we're like, well, you're not so much. It's not that I am a massive fan of both of them, but I think I can bring it together. Wait, it's not like you're like you are a massive fan, as I am. Well, I mean, yeah, no, nowhere near. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm okay with John Mayer. I'm not really into. Yeah, I'm like okay. Maybe I, I should be the one person chosen to bring them together. Well, you turned me into a bit of a Swifty, I have to say. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, know. But maybe we can just send her some cat pics and be like, hey. Do we, do we, do we have a cat? Uh, I have access to cats. Okay, we can go that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that would, that would get her attention, definitely. Sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, uh, breaking news, we'll have Taylor Swift pretty soon. Yeah, let's see how that works. Out. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting. So no, this is again for the episode. It's a milestone episode, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, on milestones episode, we like to go through some of our top songs or in certain area that, that we come mm-hmm. up with. Uh, we usually go for five, but today, you know, life is difficult. The world is difficult. Everything's running out of time, so we just did three for this one. <laughs> <laughs> because the world is running out of time, obviously. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm quite hope. No, I'm not hopeful <laughs> about that. But it would be good to report the end of the world in this on this podcast. Oh yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah, right. We, we would I mean, even do like an Instagram live, like, "Hey, people, look! There's a there's a hole in the sky. There are aliens going in. Yeah, would be awesome. Oh. Our next milestone episode, let's discuss the songs that we would play for the end of the world. Oh, I just have one. I'll go for it. Yeah, I mean, you know that I know which one I want. You know that I have one. Yes, I know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we can wait for that. But for today, it was something really specific. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was very specific. (laughs) It was really specific, and it's my bad that it's so specific, but it makes sense. Yeah. So I grew up in a context, like so many of you did, mm-hmm. where movies used to have songs heavily associated to them. 
So they will release um, probably a single with the video having like some footage from the movie, like a week <laughs> before the movie would come out or two weeks before, something like that. So you would know you would you would know that's the song for the movie, and more often than nothing, you would have that song play during the last scene and then carry over to the ending titles because sometimes you would be like, oh yeah, I want to stay there to listen to the song. Mm-hmm. I remember when I went to watch um, The Hobbit, the the selection of Smoke, like the second movie, like the second Hobbit movie. Mm-hmm. I stayed in the cinema just to listen to Icy Fire by Ed Sheeran. Oh yeah, I think I did too. I was like, I was, I was, I was picking up my, my stuff because you know you pick up your your garbage mm-hmm. when you go to the cinema, like people do. Like Hopefully, people do. Dude. Not all people do. And yeah, you know, I pick up my garbage, and <laughs> and then I I listened like and I was like, oh, this is good. I didn't know that it was a song by Ed Sheeran. I sat mm-hmm. down again and I was like, Ed Sheeran can make good songs. Huh. So yeah, that's the last time I probably. Man, that was like low key hating on Ed Sheeran. He did good songs before that. Oh yes, yes, yes. He's good. He's competent. He's good. He's good. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't hype him as much like Taylor Swift or Ian Mayer. He's good, <laughs> of course. Maybe we can bring him to the party as well. Yeah, it would be fun. He he seems like an interesting person to talk to. to yeah, for sure. So yeah. that's what we chose for today. Songs that are there for the ending of a movie. Which was somewhat tricky sometimes because sometimes you have songs that play at the end of a movie but don't go into the credits. Or just like the general soundtrack overall and you're like, oh, I really like that song because I associate that with a movie so much and then like, oh no, it's not playing over the credits. It's like somewhere else in the movie and then I was like, oh yeah, right, okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so. do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? How do you want to roll? Go for it. Okay. Knock it out of the park. (laughs) So, I did did rank these ones. I did too. So, so we're going to go for my third favorite to my most favorite. Mm -hmm. So, number three for me. It's one of my favorite movies ever. My my favorite science fiction disaster and full of testosterone movies ever. There are explosions, people jumping from one place to another. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. the song we're going to talk about, like the number three, it's I Don't Want to Miss a Thing by Aerosmith. I expected that once you said, like, it's a dystopia movie that you love. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a great movie. It is. And, and it's quite funny because... It is Aerosmith's biggest hit ever. Mm-hmm. Like, they've been around for, I don't know, 60 years. And this is the, their biggest song ever. 60 years, even, okay. And it's not even theirs. Oh. So the song was written by a composer that goes by the name of Diane Warren. Yeah, Warren, like the people from yeah. The Conjuring. So she is a songwriter and composer in America that she writes for many people. Um... One of her major hits is If I Could Turn Back Time by Cher. Mm-hmm. So, great song, great songwriter. So, she was 
watching an interview between James Brolin at the Fire of Thanos. He was talking about how he would miss uh, his wife, his wife being Barbara Streisand, even when he was asleep. And Diane Warren was like, oh, that's cute. And she wrote on a piece of paper, I don't want to miss a thing. And then she started working on the song. And originally, it was meant for you two. Oh. So. The, oh, I can kind of see that. The, the people making the movie w w taught on YouTube for this one. Oh, interesting. But then, it just happens that Liv Tyler ends up as Grace in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Affleck's girlfriend, Bruce Willis' uh, daughter. And they're like, ah, oh, this should be... We should get Aerosmith. Yeah. And then the video you have uh, Liv Tyler, like it's the same scene as she, as the one when she's. I mean, everybody ha was watching Armageddon. It came in 1998. Come on. Yeah. So there is a scene when she says goodbye to Bruce Willis because of her, uh, her on-screen dad because he's gonna sacrifice himself to save the planet. And she Obviously. cries to the, to the on on the monitor and everything, and they. For the video, they replace, of course, Bruce Willis with Aerosmith and Steven Tyler singing, so it's, it's kind of cute. Uh, the whole issue that if you look at it from a romantic perspective, it's a creepy song because it, well, it kind of says that people will be watching you sleep. Yeah. And I know some people have issues with that. Oh, it's creepy, man. But if you put it in the perspective of a father-to-daughter song, nice, sir. It's not yeah, creepy. it's interesting. It's creepy. It makes it less creepy. Interesting. I don't think it's creepy at all if it comes from like because then again, let's say, because then you put it in the perspective of the movie. Mm -hmm. The song starts playing when she's marrying AJ, Ben Affleck. And you have all the pictures of all the of all the team members who died in this mission to save the planet. Mm -hmm. So the, the end credits start rolling, but you don't have a black screen like normally you do. Yeah, you, they recorded uh, the wedding, like they actually acted a wedding. Oh, and the credits roll over the wedding. Yeah, they roll over the, mm -hmm. the, the wedding footage. So you you know like, it, and it's really sad because you know that Bruce Willis is dead. Like, mm -hmm. uh, Harry Stamper is dead. And even when he died in the movie, you know that, oh yeah, I saw my whole life on one second. Like, he only saw images of his of, of, of his daughter growing up, and the last picture he saw was her in her wedding dress. Oh. So it's like full circle, like, well, I wouldn't like, like, he, did, he doesn't want to miss a thing, but he's going to miss everything. Right. So it, I think, it's a really fitting song for that, and ending like for the footage behind the movie because you mm -hmm. have the picture of the people who died there, uh, Bruce Willis included. So yeah, I think it's an amazing way to wrap wrap up that movie. Oh, definitely, yeah. And it's on Disney Plus if you live in the UK and Europe. Oh yeah, go for it, everyone. Watch it. Yeah, you should. You should give it another try. <laughs> I should. Everyone should watch, just watch all the movies that we're talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> so, what's yours? Well, my first song is actually really out of 
the yeah. kind of genres I yeah kind of like uh, like out of the genres I would usually listen to. So it's is, is it a K-pop? Uh, no, it's not a K-pop song. <laughs> Korean movies are great. Oh yeah, but it's not a K-pop song. Okay, then go on. It's a uh, it's rap song. Lose yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you liked that one. It's a it's a like it's a masterpiece. I'm sorry, that's just what it is. Um, and I totally get that Eminem is a controversial figure, um, but I think he set a milestone with that song. Yeah, and I, I, think... I feel like ha like having uh, a spaghetti tonight now. Oh my god, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't have them on your shirt after you ate them. <laughs> no, but I think, yeah, for me it's like I, I've never, yeah, I've never really gotten into rap music that much. Um, there are some songs that I do like, um, but I think this was a milestone in, in, in many terms. I mean, of course it was the, yeah, the, the song to the Eight Mile movie, mm -hmm. which is uh, pretty much telling the story of Eminem's life mm -hmm. and uh, his struggles. So, yeah, I also, because I never knew what kind of, I haven't, to be honest, I haven't like fully watched the movie. I've seen parts of it, but somehow never the whole thing. Um, and I was always like, what is Eight Mile? So Eight Mile comes from the Eight Mile Road. Mm -hmm which is apparently a road that goes through Detroit, which is where the movie takes place. And the northern part of that road um, is kind of the, more like the suburb kind of district where all the white privileged people live. Mm -hmm. And then the southern part is more the inner city and there you have more the black community. And so this was kind of like, a, almost like a social cultural border And eight miles, just like the synonym for this. Okay, this is kind of this border that is so hard to cross and like so hard to, yeah, remove kind of. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and then of course the movie goes on and tells, yeah, somewhat Eminem's story. I mean, he grew up in this, I think, in a trailer park. Yeah. Uh, like from a very troubled home, he had problems with his mother and his father, and then I think his father kind of, yeah, was out of the picture early on and. Yeah, but and then his his uncle was super important for him. Yeah, exactly. all these and things. His, yeah, yeah, and then like his mother was struggling with the alcoholism and and all these kind of things. So he was yeah not from a good, not coming from a good place. And the the music like the the hip hop was his way to yeah kind of yeah escape all of this. And so his dream or like the the rapper in that movie which yeah is based on Eminem uh whose name is uh, Jimmy B Rabbit Smith yeah um his dream is kind of to win to win this rap battle uh that is happening like in Detroit in the black community and now he was suddenly this white dude who like had to stand his ground in this black community and of course he was not accepted and they always told him yeah to go back to the other side of Eight Mile mm -hmm. which is the white part and yeah so the story very much tells his his uh yeah his way of yeah getting to a point where he wins <clears throat> wins this rap battle and the first verse of the song with the spaghetti mm -hmm. <laughs> that you apparently want to eat now um because that really tells 
uh, tells the story of his very first rap battle that he did where he just completely froze and yeah just like pretty much failed and then of course he was yeah mocked for that and like lost any potential respect that he might have had and then yeah he kind of got through all of this and in the end came out and and yeah well became one of the biggest rap artists ever um but yeah and i think the song it's yeah it's like it's really it is empowering because it's really like okay just don't care about what anyone else says just lose yourself in the music this is all what you're focusing on and yeah you can make your dreams come true i mean that's pretty much what the song is about but i think it was also such an important milestone because this song did win the oscar oh yeah for best original best original song and i think this was so important because yeah we had this before um uh in one episode where we discussed the academy and how the academy has these things that they look down upon yeah like horror movies like indie movies where it's like oh this is not good enough for us and i think rap is one of those things yeah definitely and they've been made yeah. they've been making up to, for, for for all those years of overlooking these other types of areas but yeah it's a great song about earning the respect um after yeah. defeating the new captain america in a rap battle great 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 exactly. stuff yeah, who would have thought? Who would have thought he would became the greatest rapper probably in the last forty years, exactly. thirty years, ooh, twenty five. <laughs> yeah, yes. because then I have to think Biggie, Tupac, like many people around. Yeah, yeah. In the last twenty five, he probably is the best. Yeah, I would. And say. the other actor became Captain America. So much good. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> no, but yeah, yeah. So that's really good thing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I had to bring up that Anthony Mackie, who was taught in Eight Miles, the new Captain America, mm-hmm. because we have to have a segue into my second song, okay. which is a song for, for a superhero movie. Okay. And it's awesome. <laughs> and, it's e- and it's evil. <laughs> okay. So, there was a time when you had these albums from movies, and the album would, would be called... Music from and inspired by and the name of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I remember those were the good days. And mo and, and yeah. they would ask uh different bands, artists, whatever, like, hey, go write a song about the the movie, please. Mm-hmm. Here's the here's the movie. Watched it before we 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 release it so we can release yeah. everything together. Yeah. So they did that for Spider Man 2. Like the original trilogy with Sam Raimi, uh, Tony McGuire, Kristen Dance, uh, James mm-hmm. Frank. Great thing. Great memories. So the song I'm going to talk about is Vindicated by Dashboard Confessional. Right, of course. One of my favorite emo bands ever. Mm-hmm. So uh, the movie came out in 2004. Uh, the song came out in 2004. Uh, if you've never watched um, Spider-Man 2 by, by Sam Raimi... It's about accepting your place in the world, taking responsibility of your actions, and just push forward. That's mm-hmm. what the movie is about. Like make, yeah. like make your stand and, and push forward, and get and, and and pursue what you what you want to do. So at the end of Spider-Man One, uh, Peter rejects Mary Jane. 
because it's too dangerous for them to be together because he's a Spider-Man, he's gonna have enemies, and if they discover who she, who she is, she's gonna be in danger. Right. So, in Spider-Man 2, um, there's a point in the movie where Peter uh, quits. Like, he, they're like, Spider-Man no more, I'm gonna just take care of my life, I'm gonna put my, like, I, I'm gonna get my stuff together. Uh, mm -hmm. So, which means it's time to get to Mary Jane. Mm -hmm. Mary Jane is getting married. She's engaged to an astronaut. No. I mean, she's engaged to an astronaut. Like, not, like, it's not like for a normal person, to an astronaut. Yeah, but he's never gonna be around. <laughs> Good fun. I mean, uh, he's gonna be Bruce Willis and fly up to space and then sacrifice himself for. Nah, he, yeah, definitely. No, it was a really good, a, a really good, a, a really good match. Uh, the, 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 the guy she was dating. So during the movie, it's all about accepting yourself, going up as a person from both ends. Like Mary Jane knew that she was with her, an amazing guy, but it wasn't Peter. It wasn't Peter. Mm -hmm. At the end of the movie, in the last in the last part of the movie, she finds out he's a Spider-Man because he goes and rescues her. Uh, right. So she finds out that oh my god, it makes sense why he's never on time, why he would disappear mm -hmm. so much, but he could, couldn't keep keep any promises that he made to me before because he was mm -hmm. doing something. Well, she put she put herself into perspective. Like it's more important to save New York City than to be with me at some point. Right. And that's his responsibility because with a great power like he does have comes a great responsibility. Mm -hmm. So it was her wedding day. She was rescued by Spider-Man the day before or a few days before. She escapes. She uh, mm -hmm. she pulls the runaway bride and goes uh, run runs runs to Peter and they talk about it and she's like I don't care I I want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a little radio, like a, a police radio. He listens that there's like a situation in New York City. Of course. Uh, then you have uh, the, the movie, like the song starts playing, playing softly. And he tells her, she tells him, go get them, Tiger. Like she does in the comics. And he goes, mm -hmm. does a Spider-Man thing. The song starts playing and that's it. Amazing song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in the end, the main message of the song Vindicated is that sometimes it's important to look into yourself and recognize what other people see in you. That's a good message. That's the main message of the song. And that's the main message of the movie as well. Like, they looked inside yeah. themselves and, and, and Peter realized, like, well, that's the way they see me. Like, that's the way she sees me. She knows everything about me and she still mm -hmm. wants to be with me. Exactly. So, full circle. Great movie. Awesome. Good so, choice. Yeah, great song. And it's emo, of course, 2004. It has of to course. be. Of course. I mean, there had to be at least one emo song in this episode. The whole year. album. The whole album for Spider-Man 2 is, <laughs> is full of emo bands. Perfect. It's perfect. So, what about what's your second? Okay, so my second is... We're going to go all the way back to 1987. Oh, my God. What came out in 1997? 87. 87. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't even born. Exactly. <laughs> but um, I think I mentioned this before in another Milestone episode, that that is like one of my favorite movies, especially from my childhood. You say it aloud again. Say it out loud. Um, it's Dirty Dancing. 
Of course. Of course, because I love this entire soundtrack so much. <laughs> and the song that plays at the end is um, not the song that everyone knows. Yeah, because that's the song for the dance. Exactly. The um, I've had the time of my life is the song for a dance. And then the dance leads into the credits. Or you see, like, at the end, you see, like, in this kind of hall where, where they are, like, everyone then starts dancing and everyone is happy and blah, blah, blah. And then it goes into the song Yes by Mary Clayton. And this is just such... It's such a happy song, and is I need to bring it in here because I feel like the other two movies I have are kind of like intense. So this is like the the happy, <laughs> cheerful buffer in between. Um, but I just love the song because it puts me in such a good mood, and it was such a nice way to to end this movie because like okay, at the end everything is fine, everyone is happy. Now just go and dance. And sometimes you just need that at the end of the movie. So yeah, the like yeah, uh, that's why I really love this song. But I also think Mary Clayton is a person worth mentioning because at the time the movie came out, everyone knew her voice, but no one knew her name. Interesting. And that is because... <laughs> um, so she was one of the most highly demanded uh, background singers oh, of okay. the time. And she was the voice on the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter. Okay, yeah. So they have this, like, really prominent female vocals on there. And that was Mary Clayton. Yeah, so everyone kind of knew her voice, but no one knew her name. And then with Yes, she finally got kind of the... The recognition for her... Yeah, for her as a solo artist. Like, the well-deserved recognition. Um, So, yeah, I think... And, yeah, so her life after that kind of took a tragic turn. What happened? So, well, the, I mean, she was, yeah, she was still mainly a, a, a background singer, which is sad. And like her, like the, the song from Dirty Dancing was probably her most successful solo work. Um, but then there was a documentary, I think in 2013, mm-hmm. uh, which is called 20 Feet from Stardom, which is a documentary about background singers. And she was mm-hmm. one major part of that. And actually won an Oscar, so yeah, go and watch the documentary as well. But but yeah, so this documentary put her on the map again, and then she was like, okay, let's let's go and start making music again, because now people are aware of me, and maybe, yeah, I can actually get somewhere with this. However, like, shortly after she decided to start recording again, um, she got into this tragic car accident. Oh no... In which she actually lost both of her legs. Oh, no. Yeah, so that is, yeah, utterly devastating. But the amazing thing about her is that she pulled through all of this. She was like, and like, rumors have it that, like, when, because the doctors came and told her, okay, we, unfortunately, we had to make this decision while you were unconscious to save your life. We had to amputate both of your legs. And apparently her response was, okay. I get it, but is everything okay with my voice? Yeah. And she was like, can I still sing? (laughs) So, um, yeah, and she, I mean, she made it through this accident and the recovery and she adjusted herself to, yeah, this, this life. And actually now, I think it was last year, 2020, she released a new album called Beautiful Scars. So 
it's an an R&B influenced album I would say but go check that out as well because yeah like she definitely has stories to tell yeah definitely sounds like uh going through all the uh all the toughness of being in this uh, in music business like how many background singers we know that they could make it on their own, but they just never get that opportunity. And exactly, and they usually they're usually the ones with almost the best voices because yeah. that's what you want at the right. All the superstars want like the like excellent, yeah, backing track. Yeah, because but, most of the actual stars are not great singers. Yeah, I mean she. Yeah, so she clearly did uh, do background singing for the Rolling Stones but also for Leonard Skinner and Coldplay. Mm, solely, solely, so, solely Yeah, exactly. And yeah, it's sad that the background singers never get the recognition that they deserve. Interesting. But yeah. Yeah, so, go and check it out. Well, that's really nice. Exactly. So the next song is a gray area. Oh. I haven't seen the whole movie. What I have seen, the scene and the end credits. Okay, and it's your favorite yes. one. Okay, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes. yes, 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 it's my favorite song to wrap up a movie, and I haven't even watched the whole movie. Oh, well, I mean, that's me with Lose Yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and it's definitely, um, and it's a recent one. It's a, it's a song that came out in 2021. The movie came what? out in 2021. It, it was meant to come out in 2020. But since the music, again, it's a song written for the movie. Mm-hmm. Since oh. the movie got delayed by COVID, they delayed the song as well. Okay, yeah, no, and I know. everything got is. delayed. Oh, you know which one it is. <laughs> I was like, took me a while, but yeah, I know what it is. Okay, <laughs> go for it. It's, oh, it's amazing. And it's more difficult to find out what it's actually about because you need to find... Okay, the song is called One Last Kiss mm-hmm. by the Japanese, American Japanese singer Hikaru Utada. Mm-hmm. You know that different countries have like their king or queen of kicks because they just really, really into that community making stuff or, well, really niche stuff. She's the queen of gigs in Japan. She's one of yeah, there's like a whole royalty of mm-hmm. people around this in Japan. So she's American. She born in Man- in Manhattan from Japanese potter, uh, parents, but really early on started working in Japan when she was mm-hmm. around eight, eighteen years, nineteen years old. And she was ha- being hired, or she was gra- and she was writing songs for video games. Probably um, her most famous song ever would be simple and clean which is used in the Kingdom Hearts uh, saga of video games Kingdom Hearts is like Final Fantasy but with some Disney characters I feel like I've heard about this yeah it's something really catchy like I believe in the the latest game they even have Elsa from Frozen oh of course in the roster yeah great thing but um, she became really uh, associated in the last decade or 15 years, God, yeah, it's been so long, with one of my favorite franchises ever, which is Evangelion. So Evangelion has been running for 25 years, but the last part of the story has been coming out as, as movies. Mm-hmm. So for the first 
for the second and third movie, for no, for the three movies, for the three previous movies, because the one that came out this year is the fourth one. For the three previous movies, they use her song, so of course they have to use her song, like one of her songs again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, the theme, of course, because I, I read all the spoilers about the movie because it hasn't made its way out of Japan. So oh, the 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 end of the movie or the goal of the movie is to realize that we live in a beautiful world. That even if we have struggles, even if we have bad experiences, everything's gonna be okay. Like everything that you go through, either good or bad, is what makes you. Mm-hmm. And even though there are difficult things to go through, it's important to go through them because if you're not, you might go, you might lose out on something really nice. And this song kind of wraps that up uh, in the as the one last guest. So basically, I had to go through like 10 different translations into different languages Mm -hmm. just to get like a really because I didn't want uh, just like a literal translation of the song Mm -hmm. because many things can get lost in translations because maybe the word they use in in Japanese because she recorded this like some verses in English, some in Japanese, but Mm -hmm. those Japanese parts like can get lost in translation. Yeah. So I consolidated all the translations for the song and we can i can honestly say or i can confidently say that it's all about that person that one experience that changed your life somehow because you meet a person and this is and this is grim i mean this is not that happy when you meet a person the one thing you're searching about is you're gonna say goodbye to this person at some point oh that is sad what i mean but true but true. I mean, there are different yeah. reasons for why. I mean, first one, of course, things didn't work out. Second one, everything worked out perfectly, but I mean, someone's gonna die at some point. <laughs> We're all gonna die at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's so the unfortunate so, reality. So, in the end, the one certainty you have is like, you're gonna say goodbye to this person. Mm-hmm. So, these songs tells the story of this person who they meet another, like, their significant other, they realize instantly that, yeah, this is gonna be good. It's gonna be bad when I have to say goodbye, but this is gonna be good. Mm-hmm. And the one last case, uh, and the last case in this case, represents just the memory of this person. Mm-hmm. Because uh, yeah. the the curse of the song goes like, yeah, we have kissed a lot, like many times before, and we'll probably keep on kissing. But just give me this kiss last, it is the last one. Uh-huh. So that's oh, what wow. the song, so that's what the song is about. Like you have all these people. Like for example, they say like, "Oh yeah, the other person don't like uh, pictures," and and the singer goes, "I don't need pictures. Like I close my eyes, I feel the warmth of that mm-hmm. last kiss we had. Mm-hmm. So I don't need any of that. Like I'm fully happy with this. And when we say goodbye, for whichever reason, I will never forget this, and I will probably try to chase that feeling." And, and cherish that feeling Aww. and it's amazing in the context of the movie because it's like wrapping up a journey of 25 years with these characters with these mm-hmm. themes and people who follow it probably will never forget it yeah yeah so i'm still waiting to watch the whole movie <laughs> but I, I mean i'm not I, I know i'm not promoting piracy but somebody recorded that last scene and how the song starts playing and rolling to the credits. And I was like, ah, yes, it's going to be good. 
<laughs> is that the reason why you picked the theme for this episode? Probably. Probably. Yeah, I figured. I mean, if you go to my Spotify list of the year 2021 in December, you will probably figure out that I heard the song three <laughs> times a day, every day since it came out. Uh, on repeat. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, so I yeah. I should have seen that coming. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> so what about your top one? Song? All right. So with my final song. Yeah. In our 40th episode, yeah, I'm going to go full circle okay, and go back to our very first episode. Okay. So it's David Bowie. Which song? It's Heroes. Oh, we were this close. Like, people can't see it because there's no camera, but we were this close to overlapping. Wait, now I'm curious. What movie do you have Heroes for? No, you for? first. Then I tell you what. Which one? No, because I'm pretty sure that you don't know mine. Oh no! It's it's not it's not it's heroes, but it's not by David Bowie. It's heroes by the Wallflowers. Oh, what movie is that? Uh, my favorite, one of my favorite sports movies ever, The Replacements with Keanu Reeves. Oh, okay. So I have the actual heroes, <laughs> the actual <laughs> David Bowie. It's a German movie. Okay. It's um, and this is a movie like what like every German knows the name. No questions asked. Uh-huh. Um, the movie is called Christiane F. Wir Kinder vom Bahnhof Zoo. That movie. So in translation, <laughs> that means, well, Christiane F. is the name. The name, yeah. Obviously. And then us children from Sioux Station, I guess. Okay. You could kind of translate it. So this is a movie that is based on a book that is based on the life of a real person. <laughs> And the book is, I would argue, probably one of the most influential works of German literature in the last century. Um, it rocked the boat when it was released. It was a really big deal. And yeah, like every German knows it. Like it, you say the name Christiane F and every German will be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Know it. Know what this is about. So people, if you want to start some talk with a German person... You know what to say. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure if that's such a good topic to go really? into Why? during your first conversation. During your first conversation. So, yeah, the movie tells the story of Christiane F., who was a real person. And it's basically a story about a teenage girl getting into um, the drug scene. Okay. And her life in it. Yeah, so to maybe briefly tell the story. So Christiane F. was a 12-year-old girl. Um, She comes from, she lived in Berlin, West Berlin at the time. And she comes from a home where her dad was, yeah, like an alcoholic. And of course, yeah, that was not an ideal situation. So at some point, her parents split up. He moved out and she lived with um, her mom. But she lived in a... Yeah, it's almost like she lived in an area of Berlin where there were, it was not the richest area, so it was usually people that did not have too much money. Um, and it was, there were a lot of teenagers, a lot, a lot of teenagers, but not enough to do. Okay. So there were not enough places to hang out. There were not enough, like, even playgrounds or stuff like that. So children got bored. And so she then eventually went with a friend to a nightclub. At the age of 12. um, And she was like, oh, I'm 16 already, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, you're not. Um, 
but yeah, she got in and in that nightclub for the first time, she was uh, kind of exposed to the drug scene and she saw people doing all kinds of drugs. And um, yeah, and yeah, she kind of then also met that uh, that guy um, who she then began dating. And that's funny because in the beginning you were like, oh, that guy seems very nice because someone gave her like, they didn't specify what it was, but it was probably LSD or something like that. And she had it in her hand and the guy was like, oh, you should not take this and don't do this and like, don't go down this road. So you're like, oh my God, that's like the good guy that's going to like get her out of it. He was the worst. But like, and like, that's the beginning of the story. So, you know, oh yeah, that's not how it's going to end. So at some point it turns out that he actually does not only LSD, but he does heroin. They just call it H. Okay. Yeah. Drug slang for heroin. H. Yeah. And then essentially she goes down this whole rabbit hole because, I mean, on the one hand she was bored, but she also just like wanted to like belong to somewhere, somewhere. And because, yeah, also her home was not that great. Like, the relationship with her mother was not too good. The mother then had a new boyfriend, and she was like, eh. But yeah, so she went down this whole rabbit hole. And yeah, like, you can probably find also the description of this movie somewhere. And um, maybe there's even probably a version with English subtitles, because it was also a thing in the, in the US. Like, they promoted the book and the movie there as well. So... It was a thing, but yeah, so essentially he be, she becomes addicted to heroin um, and then it really tells the story of how she gets into it, but then also how she struggles to get the money for it. So she ends up doing prostitution and, and all this, like anything to get money. Uh, she loses many of her friends to drugs um, and the movie is very graphic as well. Like you can... They, like you actually see how they insert the the needle into her arm and and everything. So sometimes like be like oh oh gosh, um. So it's a tough movie to watch. You also see a scene where she then goes through um um, and then you also see the scene, for example, where she tries to get clean. Okay. Um. So she undergoes yeah this cold turkey. So she so her mom essentially finds out at some point when she collapses on the bathroom floor that oh my daughter is like doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Um. So she locks her and her boyfriend into her room and they have to undergo just like yeah cold turkey not take any drugs so they undergo withdrawal and it's also very graphic of like what happens to your body when when you do this and then they get clean and then they get out and the first day they're out they relapse and they take drugs again and yeah that's how kind of how the whole story unfolds um yes and it was a really big deal in germany because like people were aware that 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 was happening that this was happening, exactly, that this was happening, but it was more like, oh, this is a stain on our society, we'll just ignore it, and it will go away. But this movie really um, like brought attention to, no, you cannot just ignore this, these children need help, something needs to be done about this, and also there were some institutions that tried to like deal with or like help uh, drug addicts, but at that point, we didn't know enough about drug addiction and the psychology behind it and everything. So they didn't really know how to help. Like they had very outdated methods. Um, yeah, so it was an issue. And I think this book and the movie were like the first time that was really brought attention to this. But the whole David Bowie story behind mm-hmm. this is that so the movie or the the time that Christiane F. like actually like in real life underwent this whole story was like in the late 1970s. Okay, yeah. 
correlated with Bowie's years in Berlin. And she was a huge David Bowie fan, and she even went to one of her concerts, and the concert you also see in the movie. Um, so this entire, the entire soundtrack of the movie is David Bowie. And then it just ends, the movie ends with her voice in the background, like telling how her story ended, and then just cut, and then Heroes plays, and then ro the credits roll. Yeah, it was like this, just like the beginning of Heroes gives you this additional feeling of just like, being mind blown about what you just watched yeah so i was like whoa and i'm also like yeah it kind of fits with some i mean i mean i know that heroes itself is more like a love story about two people in the shadow of the wall like yeah. the wall and uh yeah kind of overcoming this like threat of violence and and this and like yeah we can be heroes just for one day um But because it tells this story of like this love story that is, yeah, more, there's a limit to it, time-wise. But it, because it always says like, we can be heroes just for one day. So it will fade away eventually, but you have it for this moment. And I almost, I know that was not what Bowie intended at all, but it almost correlates to me to this like relationship that she had with her boyfriend over the drug use. Mm -hmm. So it's like, We have this for this moment, and in this moment, we are high, and we feel like we are heroes. Like, I'm the king, and you're the queen, in David Bowie's words. Um, but it will fade away eventually, and it has to end some way. Either we both die from this drug use, which is what happened to all of her friends. Like, all of the friends in the movie have died. She is the only one who survived. So either we both die from this, Or we'll get clean, and then probably we will go separate ways because, yeah, we'll just drag ourselves, each other down again if if we continue to see each other. So it's, yeah, it's kind of this what we have in this moment, and this moment of high is probably not to promote any drug use, don't do drugs, but probably in the moment when they were high, that's where they were like, oh, we're the heroes and it's us against the world, but it will fade away eventually, one way or another. Yeah, no, so, definitely. And I also think that, as you mentioned, it helps to contextualize the movie with the time it was, everything was going on, because that's like, uh, like thematically it's there, but you know also about when it comes to make it, to make you feel that you were there. Like, yeah. I don't know, it's like people, I mean, if they released a movie set, I don't know, in the 90s, of course you're waiting to hear the music of the of that exactly. era. And even it's a tough time, it's like a really useful resource for this for this film and a really powerful way to end it because people do associate that song with everything that was going on in Berlin and exactly. in Germany in, in, in that uh, in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That, that's really cool. That's really, really interesting. Yeah. And apparently now Amazon Prime is making a TV show based on the book, like rebooting the whole thing, and I'm not sure how to feel about that. I mean, yeah, why not giving them a chance? But I mean, people can go and, and check out all these movies we talked about because I mean, except for um, the Evangelion movie, all of them are are acts. You can access. exactly, yeah, exactly, yeah. But yeah, definitely, yeah. No, I believe the. <laughs> You know, now that you talk about it, um, just to wrap this up, the way they use heroes by the wallflowers in that in this movie, it's pretty similar. 
to what you mentioned. Because in the end, the plot of the movie is that professional football players, like American football players, go on a strike. Mm-hmm. And they make a, a, on that team, and they have to make a, t- a, a, a team of replacements. Mm-hmm. So the coach is giving these, all these never were, like they always were, almost made it pro, but never yeah. did. He's giving them that chance that for a few matches, they're going to be uh, the heroes of the story. Yeah, so for this one situation, they can be the heroes. Yeah, and it yeah. ends up by Ken Reeves winning the, his last match as a professional. Uh, okay. Of course. Of, of course. course it has to be Ken Reeves. <laughs> of course. Who else can do anything? <laughs> Maybe yeah. Ryan Reynolds, but Ken Reeves. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, people... Go there, go out of your way, watch these movies, enjoy the music as it's ending, reflect on everything. Like, I do like people who reflect on what they just watch. And mm-hmm. I believe that makes you, that helps you to recognize how music, characters, plot, it's everything together to give you a full experience. And let us know if this works out and We'll be here with you next week. Another episode. Infinite playlist podcast. See you then. See you. It's never been so clear. Speeches that my father gave me would always make me despair. Somehow I feel a warmth and comfort today Whoever kind heart the way you smile And even how you find your dreams I knew nothing so honestly I've always copied you Now just a little more Only just a little more Let's stay here a little longer now Just a little more Only just a little more Let's stick together Just a little bit longer Oh yes, we are time for liars Killing the walls of time Climber tired of Playing hide and seek with diamond Always coming death joy Crying even when you're happy Smiling even when you're feeling lonely Made it here before the rest has I used to wish upon the stars The toys that I once adored Forgotten now, we're rolling round the corners of the floor Finally my dream is counting up to hundred today Someday I'll trade them all for just a very one Girl that I have seen in school that never have told hello Today I waved and said see you tomorrow It's not really that bad Trying something new every once in a while Especially if I can do
just a little more, only just a little more. Let's stay here a little longer now. Just a little more, only just a little more. Let's stick together just a little bit longer. Body. 